must see destroyed, safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan! Oh, buddy! <laughs> Hello there. General Kenobi! Kenobi! That's why I'm here. Because of Obi-Wan. Kenobi is all that matters now. Is that understood? Welcome to the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome back to... Chase Ascendancy. Episode 87. Yes, we did. It's uh, a beautiful, beautiful Saturday night here in Houston, Texas. Samuel's in town. It's a balmy 91 degrees out under the cover of darkness. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a heat in a sun index and a heat warning outside. Yeah. Pitch black. It's warm. Don't get moon burnt. <laughs> Watch out for the moon. Always a danger. So we're uh, we're recording together here uh, on site, mm. and so episode eighty-seven. What are we talking about today, Samuel? We'll be talking about Kenobi episode five. Woo. I, I think easily the best episode so far. It's a spicy meatball. Yeah, it. Uh, I think we're we're on par, if not surpassing, the Vader scene in Rogue One. I would say surpassing. Oh, come on, yeah, personally, for sure, for I sure. Would, I mean. The, obviously, the Rogue One seems iconic because it's, you know, preluding into, you know... Right. You know, the first ever. But this was... Off the chain. Yeah. It was it was over the top, and it was the... Probably the one of the most, like, emotionally involved moments with Vader. Definitely. definitely. You know? Um, because before, it was... It was <clears throat> all business, mm -hmm. you know? But it's it's more than that now. So yeah. it's it's emotional. It's personal. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of play into the Kenobi Vader relationship that was always there. It was always subtext, but now right. it's made. They were not at all very subtle with the uh, <laughs> with the interplay there. It was it was <laughs> rather heavy handed. I'm here for it. I, yeah, I crave the obvious after all the subtleties of mundane reality, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, me too. So um, it was a very interesting uh, breakdown of the events leading up to there. And I know that one of the complaints we had been hearing was episode one, Leia, ki Leia kidnapped. Episode two, Leia escapes. She's rescued. Mm -hmm. Episode three, though, Leia's kidnapped. <laughs> and episode four, she's rescued. So, uh, And we only have six episodes. Yeah. And so we were kind of wondering like when's it all going to come to a head mm -hmm. like there's there's got to be something that happens that's yeah. a storm breaker yeah and I, I, I mean it's very I think it's very apparent where we're going if we want to just go ahead and knock out the what's next uh, <laughs> I, I saw Haja drop the transmitter yeah and it's, it's not a hollow projector but yeah you know what it is it's like you know, a the, yeah it's not a comm link the little yeah it's a I don't know the little not the little Oval-shaped doodad. They're just Marco Poloing, you know. Ben it's the Kenobi thing that and, and your holographic Qui-Gon Jinn toy came with <laughs> in 1999. What are those called? I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Some kind of a communication device. It's dropped by Haja. And I saw that it was left, and I was like, the camera lingered on it. You know, something's happening Obviously here. important, right? Yeah. And so as soon as they got away, I was like, oh, maybe Ben will be like, oh, need this. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he did not. And... Uh, you know, I you just see you in the back of my mind. As soon as the the Reva Vader fight's done, I was like, "Oh my God, that's still there!" Right. Like Luke's locations on that. Bill's you know talking to Kenobi. Like there's so much implication here. Yeah. You know, for for there's the, a lot the illegality of legality of right their actions. There's a there's a lot of implication, and there's a lot of like, not just you know how she talks in Episode Three uh, to to I guess it was no. In episode four, she's talking to Leia, referring to the safe space in episode three, the Jedi Underground Railroad. And she's mm -hmm. like, we heard some rumors, but we found them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't rumors. It was like, to anyone reading this, <laughs> I'm Bail Organa. 
a Jedi sympathizer. <laughs> like <laughs> it's kind of like uh, have you ever watched Community? Uh-uh. Which I feel like there's a Star Wars tie here because uh, Childish Gambino plays right. Troy. Uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, and he also plays our beloved Lando Calrissian. And uh, there's this uh, character in the first episode, and he doesn't know how to like be covert at all. Mm. But he's like, this is Professor Duncan. Meet <laughs> me in the parking lot. You know, and yeah. he's like... What's wrong with your voice? He's like, it's disguised. You know, but he says his actual name. You know, so <laughs> it's kind of like, it's just very broadcasting, you know. Yeah. By the way, the other kid, you know, I'll help you protect him, I guess. You yeah. Know? <laughs> he was like, like everybody I've cut knows. off communication. And he says Owen, and she knows who she Owen knows is. She knows who Owen is. I was like, oh my God, freaking come on, Bale. You're yeah. better than this. Yeah, I was very surprised. Who's going to bail him out? You know what I mean? <laughs> You kind of bailed there. You kind of bailed out the... Yeah, I was kind of worried about... I guess even, you know, whenever... If I was up to nefarious acts, mm-hmm. right? If I, Especially if I was like... It was a big deal. Not yeah. just like a little bit of something yeah. illegal here and there. If it was a big deal, I wouldn't be like... Hey guys, like at least do like this with a mustache yeah, drawn know, on right? the other side of your hand or something. Freaking, like, Or, you know, like in... Uh, Harry Potter, there's that whole... It's not in the movies so much, I don't think, but in the books, there's the story arc in Order of the Phoenix that, like, the communication in and out of Hogwarts is being monitored, right? And so right. they have to, like, speak in code, and so he's writing this letter to Sirius who doesn't even have his actual name on the letter. And, right, right. You know, he's like, you know, my best friend's still here, yada, yada, yada. He's almost as nice as, you know, your mom. Right. You know, just saying, like, this chick sucks. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But... There was none of it. There was right. not any... <laughs> yeah, there's no pad foot. There's nothing. Yeah. Man. Bale wasn't even like, they'll never just understand me with these glasses on. <laughs> he like, didn't even you know, have a decency to put on some Clark Kent glasses. You right. Know? And he was like, this yeah. is me, Bale Organa, reaching out to you, Ben, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And if Leia's dead, we know she's one of the twins of Anakin <laughs> Skywalker and Padme, Amidala... The former queen of Naboo, uh, deceased senator, and we all miss her terribly. If Leia's dead, I'll go to the Lars homestead. You know Owen and Baru. Just on the other side of Anchorhead, outside of the Dune Sea. Again, I think the boy's name is Luke. Yeah. <laughs> How's oh, your Yeah. You know, looks, Just, looks a great deal like his dad. You know, you couldn't miss him in a crowd. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll go help out. With yeah, him. it was just so obvious. Again, his uncle Owen. <laughs> Uh, it's going to need some help, and uh, yeah, so just... Uh, and should anyone else see this? <laughs> by I'm way, just kidding. By on, uh, on the off chance my daughter is still alive, you know, just bang the line, you know, and just, <laughs> and I'll just call this whole shit, uh, this whole bang off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone sees this, gotcha, Dude, it's a not joke. Even, there is, like, less subtlety there than, like, a Lego Star Wars interpretation of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Get your red flags, you know. Dude, that's really was, funny. Get your red flags, yeah. So I, th- I think we can pretty safely say that uh, Reeve is going to find herself on Tatooine and either be converted through the diplomacy of uh, of our beloved Obi Wan Kenobi or try to take Luke hostage, and then we see you know Obi Wan kind of have to step yeah, in, be a little bit more protective because he's definitely more protective over Luke than he is of Leia. Yeah, and he's he's become pretty fond of Leia. I would yeah, say. I would I would say that my uh, I guess my going back into the normal like portfolio of how we do things like this, mm-hmm. my overall uh, thoughts on it were, um, you know, the progression. It's been so steep, and I know that we're um, back in the olden days when you saw things in the theater. <laughs> um, you're you're used to seeing a pretty terrible progression in the matter of a number of hours. Mm-hmm. You know, similar to Revenge of the Sith. It's like goodbye, old friend. Hi, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and of course the thirty minutes. Yeah, it's but truncated. Um, because now we're used to TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh wow. You know, the, mm-hmm. the transition has taken five episodes, yeah. which is, you know, even if they're averaging, I know it's more than 30 minutes, but if they're averaging 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, that's... that's Basically, the Revenge of the Sith is, yeah. the, you know, the whole transformation. But it's also been weeks. Right. That's the other thing is it's been a couple of hours, right. but it's been a couple of weeks. And so um, it was surprising to me how much, like, um, you know, Lucas... Yeah, something that Blast Points podcast always talks about is that that rant that George Lucas goes on when he's talking about like here's selflessness, here's selfishness, here's the difference, here's why the dark side is 
quicker to bring results but shorter lasting and mm -hmm. here's why the light side of the force is you can't just pull on it when you want yeah but it brings long you know lifelong results even eternal results yeah. you know in some cases obviously you know once you get the cosmic force involved but yeah. I'm, um i'm kind of i'm gonna be heavy uh with the uh pop culture references i'm reading my way through the inheritance cycle again okay and there's the with aragon and all yeah that? so there's this one elf that like everybody else is just kind of doing their thing just enjoying life and she's like not using magic nothing she's like a hard you know nose to the grindstone type of individual and uh aragon was basically asking her you know wouldn't you just enjoy life as, you know, everybody else does? And she says, when you can have anything you want with just a few words, the destination doesn't matter. It's about the journey to get there. Hmm. And it's kind of like that kind of summarizes the argument, I think, that George Lucas kind of presents that, you know, the dark side, you get there really quickly, but you don't, it doesn't develop you in a way that, like, yeah. is sustainable. You yeah. know, it's just the, the matter of a few words to get what you want, but the light right. side is the, the journey, and it's you become the person not by getting to the destination, but traveling to it, you know? It's interesting, too, because it's like, you know, and when you look at relationships, like a selfish relationship mm -hmm. is someone who just goes out and they're just trying to find someone to get a physical satisfaction right. from, you know? But ultimately, you know... Every feel good movie ever, it's like <laughs> I'm just sick of this life. I'm I'm 38 years old, you know. Like I'm done being a successful lawyer at the age of 35 in my massive downtown Manhattan office. It's time I return to my small northeastern town home <laughs> and get down to my roots, you know. Before the aliens attack, we're in Maine. Along the way, you know, you find love. Maybe it's Christmas time. <laughs> Maybe she's got a couple kids, but that's all right. You love them too. You love you know? kids. <laughs> The name of the movie's The Kid. <laughs> You're Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it's kind of that same thing where it's like... Um, Talk about lack of subtlety. What, The Kid? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I wonder what this movie's about. <laughs> let's that's talk a, about how... That's a wacky movie. Let's talk about how Bruce Willis can time travel and nobody addresses that. I know. Kid Bruce Willis time travels, then he forgets how, and then it's, I guess, somehow adult Bruce Willis, you know, regains his ability when he can fly and has the dog that he always wanted. I, <laughs> I never figured that one out. Yeah, there's three of them at yeah. one point? What is this? Stewie, Ver Stewie Griffin's Multiverse <laughs> of Madness? That's what it reminded me of, like, no, Brian, we have to kill these. Yeah. No, I always I thought that, like, old man Bruce Willis would be like... <laughs> he killed both of them? Well, it's funny because, I don't know, he's in, like, uh, he's the old man in Looper. You know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, it, it's like, well, this guy's really into this. Yeah. And then you have the fat kid from Cat in the Hat. <laughs> oh, he still had his lisp then too. So it's like, yeah, ugh. it's like, he's on purpose, like kind of chunky. Like that's what they're looking for. I also respect you for going with Cat in the Hat and, uh, not, not going... Santa Claus. No, I was two, gonna, three. I was going to say Santa Claus. I was going to say, uh, the shaggy dog. He was, he was Tim Allen's son, shaggy dog. Is he really? Yeah. Oh. I know Bruce. I know the kid was like his big break. Yeah, and then, for sure he was. He was young then. What was after that? Cat in the Hat. Probably. He yeah. was also the kid that he was made in the preteen years, and uh, <laughs> he was also the kid that made the rubber butt Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was him. That was him for sure. Santa loves Coco. I wonder if him and Tim Allen are buddies, because that'd be three movies they were in together. Three. Yeah, Shaggy Dog, both the Santa Claus movies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was he in Santa Claus 3? No, Santa Claus 1 and 2. Maybe he was, he was in Santa Claus he wasn't, 3. He wasn't in 1, though. Sure he was. No. Sure he was. <laughs> he wasn't. All right. Anyway, continue with you. I'm going to fact check you. <laughs> he wasn't. The character Curtis. He's in Santa Claus 2. Okay. This is why you guys listen to the show. <laughs> okay. But my uh, my overall thoughts... Where that I enjoyed it. <laughs> While you're looking that up, okay, here's a little news. We made it all the way to Saturday night, and my wife has been asking me to shave my mutton chops since Wednesday. So for those of you watching on YouTube, here you go. Because they're the chops are coming off tomorrow. The chops are getting chopped. But I wanted to I wanted our viewers to get a little something something extra this week. Um also in news for the podcast, before we get back to Kenobi and Samus fact-checking me on uh, if Curtis, the younger kid from the movie The Kid, is in Santa Claus 1, which he's not. Um, All right. Here's a little news about the podcast. As of right now, technically speaking, you are listening to two professional Star Wars content creators. Well, well, well. 
um, because uh, based on our shorts performance from last month, uh, we got a email from YouTube asking if we'd like to receive a shorts bonus and become of the shorts uh, funding program. And so we just got a little something, something, nothing crazy. Uh, but we were paid oh my God. to make okay. Star Wars content. That's very exciting. I just got more excited because he's in another, he's in Zoom with Tim Allen again. He's not in the first Santa Claus, but he is in Santa Claus 3. There you go. Two and three. Um, so yeah, that, that was very exciting. And Samuel was asking me earlier this week, or I guess it was yesterday. Uh, he's just in town for the, for the last couple of days and he's leaving again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but you were asking me when we started this whole thing, mm -hmm. did I ever see us being any kind of successful? Yeah. Or what was the question? What was what you put? I think it was just, uh, I don't know, the surrealism of kind of what's happened here lately. Cause it, it I don't know. It was just. We thought maybe something fast would happen, like maybe we'd catch, and then, you know, 40 episodes in, we're like, and uh, for all three of our viewers, we appreciate your patronage, <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know, it's just kind of really taken off, so I was like, I don't I don't know if, like, even now, you know, it still feels yeah. like anything's moving, but it's really exciting. It's pretty cool, you know, we're, um, we're over 4,000 subscribers now, we're over two and a quarter million views. Um, pretty cool. I think, let's see, if I go to my... YouTube studio section. <laughs> um, let's see. Our views. Let's see. Two. Let's see. 2. Analytics. I'm still new to this. Okay. Oh. So our views are at, uh, in the last 28 days, are at 2.2 million. That's exciting. In the last 28 days. And obviously that's... That's because we've been doing those shorts in the last 28 days. Um, but yeah, I never thought we would get... A, I remember like, wow, we might get 10,000 views. Yeah. Oh, wow, we might get 100,000 views. We might get 500,000. We might get a million. Yeah. And now we're at two and a quarter. And obviously things there's there's things that taper and they ebb and flow and things like that. Um, so if you're, a, if you're a listener, if you've been a long-time listener, or if you're new to the show, um, please, if this is your first time hearing us, please feel free to... Sorry. The reason that happens is because there's a freaking ad on this video that we have. Anyways. It reminds me of um, uh, that reel you sent me where it's like the Naruto or the uh, anime kid. <laughs> yeah. Your stupid doctor attacked my brain. Silence. <laughs> Dude, I was like, you can't defeat me. <laughs> um, but if you're new to the channel, uh, thank you for checking us out. Please like this video, subscribe to the channel and all mm -hmm. that kind of good stuff. Knocking that out early. We'll do it again later. I will continue to plug us shamelessly. Uh, but I would ask uh, if you are a longtime listener, uh, especially if you are a audio-only kind of person, if you are one of those people that listens to uh, Spotify or SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, mm -hmm. things like that, um, something that the channel needs is to fully become monetized. So we have this one, you know, we have this month-to-month kind of contract going mm -hmm. but to be fully monetized we need more watch hours and it doesn't include the shorts right so we're at tens of thousands of hours of watch time including the shorts but that doesn't count towards your monetization so we've we've breached every wall except for this last one yeah and we are short we are <laughs> mighty sick um we're short when it comes to our watch hours and so if you're especially if you're just a listener uh, please, the, if you were asking me what what can we do to help you uh, continue this path of growth, it would be to um, watch, you know, you subscribe to our YouTube and watch the longer videos, the podcast. And we're going to be making more longer videos, even specialty clips of just some of our highlights from the shows. Yeah. Anyways, back to Obi-Wan Kenobi. So uh, my overall thoughts... I'm, it takes a big man to admit when they're wrong, and I am that big man. Uh, I was wrong. You were right about Reva. Eat it up. Enjoy it. I, <laughs> I felt like it would be too obvious for her to be one of the students, one yeah. of the bad ones. Um, but here we are, episode five. You know, she was one of the ones. I also love that, like, she never, you know, fooled Vader. Like, as soon as her usefulness was over, he's like, you think I didn't know? Mm -hmm. I knew. You think I didn't see it? I saw it. <laughs> you know, so I, I like that that's how they kind of revealed it. Because it, I don't know. I don't like if they try to make Vader even like remotely accessible to someone of her, right. you know, distinguishment. So I enjoyed that that's how they revealed it. Um, it also like, I think something that stands out to me is um, I was in a chat recently and we were talking about uh, if we, 
each of us in the group were talking about if we thought we were a hardcore fan or not. Mm -hmm. And some people were like, I really enjoy it. I wouldn't consider myself hardcore. And I was like, I'm very hardcore. Um, <laughs> but you're not hardcore. And they're talking about the ownership of Star Wars if you mm -hmm. are a hardcore fan. And what I was talking to them about was that's part of the hard thing is when something like Star Wars, which is lightning in a bottle, it's a once in a millennia story mm -hmm. that we're adding to. It's been such a big part of a lot of our lives. Mm -hmm. And because it's been a big part of who we are, we feel like we own it, even though we don't own it. Mm -hmm. And so when it doesn't behave like we think it should behave, <laughs> we become bitter. Yeah. Um, and we got a good sense of that when <clears throat> Reva mentioned Anakin's name in episode two. Mm -hmm. And we got another sense of it when the Grand Inquisitor was stabbed in episode two. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I would say if you're if you're a hardcore fan, I totally understand. I feel it. I get you. Um, but just enjoy the parts of Star Wars that you enjoy, and you don't have to enjoy everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. Uh, I would say that Obi Wan Kenobi has been a very simple show, mm -hmm. in the sense that it's not the Mandalorian. It's not the book of Boba Fett when it's got yeah. all the crazy... And there's not as much you have to develop in this because the characters are already so well-based. It's They're a deep so in your, character in your development yeah. from point A to point B for Darth Vader and more specifically for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm -hmm. And the show is about this one character. And I, you know, I miss the Black Chrysanthemum fights. I miss, <laughs> you know... The things like that, but that's not what this is about. This yeah. is a story about um, about a man finding himself about after a man losing named himself. Obi Wan, yeah, and from I, a planet I forget the name of it. Yeah, I can't remember where he's from. His home planet, but um, so my overall thoughts: I really, really enjoyed it. Probably the best episode of the show so far, oh, for sure. Not just for the action. That's the thing: is that in episode three of this series, we got some cool action. We finally got some Vader action, <clears throat> but it. There wasn't as much depth there, and Obi-Wan's still afraid, which is kind of the place he had been in for the first two episodes of the season. Mm -hmm. So now we see that moment where, kind of like we were harping back a while ago about uh, George Lucas and the Force, when Obi-Wan learns that he needs to tap back into the Force, not for himself, but but for, for others, for the for the sake of, yeah. you know the galaxy for the sake of everything for the sake of not just you're not just there to protect luke you're there to protect luke because luke is the hope of for lack of a better term humanity mm -hmm. and that's what he's there to protect he's not just there and i think that there was the the easiness of the go work at the sushi mart go feed the eopia fish go watch over luke for a few hours go home go to bed reach out to qui-gon he's not there yada 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 and I think now it's, I think there's going to be even more weight to why we're watching over Luke because it's about the, the galactic implications and you can still be the Jedi of old that you used to be. Yeah. You don't have to stay, you know, the, the force can still use you. You can still be a vessel. And it's kind of like whenever you see someone who was an elite you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Someone who's really great at something they do and they have a falling. Whether mm -hmm. they fail or whether it's something that's a break of character or whatever, mm -hmm. it's hard for them to get back on the horse in that sense, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's something that he's rediscovering. That's something that he's recovering. And we see him go from barely being able to move this pin or this little tiny box mm -hmm. in the spaceship on the way to um, the Inquisitor's castle to holding back the weight of the water. We talked about that last week. Mm -hmm. And then this uh, this week, we see him survive an Order 66 amount of stormtroopers yeah. and uh, is back to his oh, look over, yeah. uh, negotiating ways with Reva. Yeah. And uh, like, he'd like to negotiate. And I was like, freaking right, he would. Right. You know? And something that stood up to me also was whenever he gives himself up mm -hmm. and she, you know mm -hmm. Reva's trying to like put it in his face and she said... Or Obi-Wan says, you're not bringing me to him. I'm bringing him to you. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that was twofold. I think part of it was you can get your revenge. But I also think part of it was like, I'm in charge of this situation. Mm -hmm. I'm the one calling the shots. And so um, anyways, I thought that was really good. So my overall thoughts, I really liked it. I really felt like it gave hope to 
what the future of the show could be if mm-hmm. they did want to go with a second season. Um, and so, anyways, we can get into that a little bit later. So, rate it one to ten overall. You gave a, you gave three a nine point five. I'm gonna give it a nine point seven. Okay, okay. Nine point seven. The elusive ten's still out there. I want to know what a ten is for you. I do too. <laughs> I do too. We're still finding it. Oh my gosh. Um, I did. I did to kind of trail off of a thought that you had said where he was kind of negotiating with Reva. I thought it was cool to see the reversal of where they were in maybe episode two, mm-hmm. um, where she's like, oh, you didn't know. Anakin's still alive. She's completely in control. She's reading him, and then he's on the other side of the door, and he's like, you knew her. You know, he's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think you have. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of the old, the old Uno reverse. It's the switcheroo. You know, it's, he's, she was very manipulative and very much reading into him and he was on his back foot and now he's playing right the offense he's right. he's reading her and he's digging into her story and making the situation what he would like it to be yeah and i think it was beautiful because he 100 percent is stalling mm-hmm. but it's also like but he's the guy that can kind of stall and still yeah. make something of it yeah you know he's still he's still finding stuff and if you haven't yet bought if you're not yet listening to the book Brotherhood by Mike Chin, mm-hmm. which is a prequel story about Obi-Wan and Anakin, mm-hmm. now's the time. <laughs> like, it really, really, it made me feel more um, emotional than I would have mm-hmm. watching this show. Yeah. Because I've got Obi-Wan and Anakin from the very, very beginning of the Clone Wars in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. which makes it even more heartbreaking. Um, so, you give it a 9.75, I'll give it up. Or 9.7. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a 9.8. Oh. Yeah. I really liked it. I really liked it. I And I've watched it two or three times since. Mm-hmm. And I still think it's some of the best Star Wars we've gotten since the Disney purchase. I love it. I'm eating it up. I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm going to stay in the whole show. I don't even really care. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, my it's not my most emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Kylo Ren, Han Solo, Rise of Skywalker moment got me. The most emotional, the most tears I've cried, though, watching Star Wars recently was when Luke appeared in Mandalorian Season 2 finale. Mm. And it was just, that's my favorite Jedi of all time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been reading, you, you've you read a ton of the books. Mm-hmm. And you're a huge, you know, in your circle of friends, you're by far the biggest Star Wars fan. Yeah, definitely. And I've been reading books... I don't know, a decade before you, you know, like, and, and so I've, there's some of those stories, some of those legacy of the force type stories that you're just now getting into of who Luke was before. Right. And I think the last Jedi for the story that we got, I understand where he was, mm-hmm. but having all the foreknowledge of who he could be as the grandmaster and being like, what is this? Like, yeah. you know, that meme where the kid's in his chair and it's like every vein's popping out of his neck. That's how I felt because I wanted to see Luke. Yeah. The loop we got for like three and a half minutes on Craig where he's like, and dust yeah. his shoulder off. But he's actually not because he's sitting freaking cross-legged up in the air yeah. like Kung Fu Panda, like the dragon warrior across the galaxy. That's the character I was used to. So when Luke yeah. shows up, you know. Definitely. Um, anyways, so standout moments. Can I go first? Yeah, definitely. Go for it. Um, standout moment for me, there's like 12. <laughs> but the one, uh, man, a couple of them that got me. Um, I'll say one, and then I don't want to say like a bunch, and then they cover all yours. So Thanks. right at the beginning, it opens up, uh-huh. and we see a skyline, and I'm like, my first thought was, is this Alderaan? Yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of a clear sky, mm-hmm. it's be- but then it's like... Too many cities. But it's too much city. Yeah. And I was like, this is looks like Coruscant. And I was like, but this looks like... And this is all in the span of like half a second, you know? This is Republic Coruscant. And then we finally get just the slightest little wavy curly hair. And I was like, you did it! And, you know, you see Anakin's ponytail. And I was like, yes! Yes! And it was funny because I usually watch these like two in the morning by myself. Mm -hmm. So I can't scream. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... And my kids are asleep, you know. My wife's in our room with our, you know, four-month-old. So it's like if I even breathe too loud, like (laughs) he's going to wake up. I'm going to be killed. And uh, so anyways, I'm usually like, oh, yeah, like real quietly. But it's my buddy Michael's birthday this week. And I was like, you know what my gift is to you? You can watch Kenobi with me. Like, <laughs> Not to be narcissistic, but like he's getting really heavy into Star Wars. Yeah. And I was like, let's watch it together instead mm-hmm. of me. I always watch it first and then I let him I watch it with him, you know. Mm-hmm. So we watch it together. I'm sitting in the ca- on the couch and it zooms back. 
and it's Anakin. And I was like, yeah, let's go! Just screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, Hayden's smile. The, no, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. That smile, that's the one that I was like, woo, he's still got it. <laughs> I immediately missed my mullet seeing Obi-Wan. I was like, dang, look at it, it looks good. Yeah. Um, so that was my first standout moment was that we was... finally got the flashback. It's fan service. It's perfect. It lends to the story. And this is the... I loved it. Now, on screen, the earliest that we see Anakin after episode two. Because he's got the he's got the second yeah. hand now. He's still the aggressor. And I think he's, he's not. Oh, you know what? Enough. I never noticed... He had the glove on, yeah. Did he have the glove on? I'm, like, positive. Oh, my gosh. Okay, keep going. Um, I want to look this up. But you see, like, him as the aggressor, you know, kind of, like, a, enough of a swordsman that... Kenobi's like, hey, maybe I'll win this one. You know, very much, you know, seceding or uh, right, right, insinuating yeah, that Anakin uh, is already stronger in, in the sense, conceding yeah, 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 to yeah. the fact that Anakin's the stronger swordsman. But then, you know, as the episode plays out, that he's still not a strong enough tactician. That he still doesn't understand his enemy enough. They still don't understand himself enough. Yeah, you know, to be ultimately victorious over a challenging opponent, dude. And as someone who has had to overcome the over-competitiveness to do my job, mm -hmm. you know? As, like, someone who works with young adults and youth and stuff, it's mm -hmm. like, let's say there's a kid that I know he's going through some stuff, and I want to try to communicate with him, like, how we can get through this together, mm -hmm. you know? And he loves basketball, so we play. And he's talking crap. And I just crumple the kid. <laughs> but, like, I remember going through that season as a young yeah. man, you know, probably, I'm, I'm 29 now, so probably being 20, 21 years old, Going to an event with young people, this kid's probably 16 or 17 years old, he's trying to punk me, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I don't think so. You can't trick the trickster. Yeah. And so, and then I remember my friend telling me, you lost the ability to talk to this kid yeah. because you've been a butthole. And I was like, screw the kid. I'm not going to get showed up like that. And I was like, dang, I want to be Obi-Wan, right? Yeah. I want to be Obi-Wan, but I'm Anakin <laughs> because obviously it's nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah. But when Obi-Wan says... Anakin, your need for victory, it blinds you. I was like, frick. Like, he's got me. He just put me right back in my place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful. Did you, so when did you watch, when did you watch it? Because you're. So I've been watching it. With your Wednesday wife. mornings. Yeah. But we were going to bed Tuesday night and my wife was like, hey, can I ask you a favor? And she's like, it's a big morning. I was like, oh God, what is it? And she's like. Don't watch Obi-Wan without She's like, can you watch Kenobi with me when you get home from work and I went, I don't know. I was like, I On don't... Wednesday night? Yeah. Oh. So I didn't get home till like 9 or 9.30. Right. I was like, I don't know. So you were waiting a whole that. 12 hours extra. Yeah. But I did Sheesh. it. I did it. And, uh, but it was fun because she got to see me excited and, yeah. you know, because this, this was huge for me getting, I was like, oh my God, they brought him in. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just now You bet your buttons, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so, you know, she... She's just now getting to Star Wars, so this is a big victory for me, by the way. Right, right. She never wanted to watch Star Wars. It was almost like, because she's kind of a stubborn person sometimes, and so she, like, it's not that she, like, hated, I, she, like, I've gotten her to love, love Lord of the Rings and watched Avatar, and she really liked that, so it's like all... He has his regular hand still. Does he still? Okay, maybe I just imagined it. So this is even it. before... Maybe I just wanted it. Attack of the Clones. So it, it would have to be pretty close to Attack of the Clones, though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he has a hand. That's that's my bad. I, I just wanted it to be that so bad. I just must have imagined it. But um, that's very interesting. I would have picked up that this was post-Attack of the Clones as well. Yeah. And so uh, she she's just now getting into it, and she's getting excited to watch Kenobi with me. So she's, like, asking me questions, but I'm, like, so invested. She's like, okay, so who's this? And I was like, Darth Vader. And, you know, and I just, I just, <laughs> she's like, what's his name? I was like, Anakin, shh, you know? <laughs> and so I'm just like, I'm all the way invested, you know, but I, I loved it. So what was your reaction? Did you, so obviously I'm a little bit more expressive than you typically. Yeah. So. Well, and she's like, I mean, you're married, so, like, you're cuddling. We're, you know, just newly married. And she was like. And I just saw the back of his head, and I was like, <gasps> you know, and, and, you know just like, it immediately pulled me in. And you I, shove her off? I literally took my arm from around her. I sat up straight. Like, yeah. I'm leaning forward now. Like, it reminds me of that me. meme whenever there's a guy, and he's laying in bed like this, and, and the Lego Super Star Destroyer is next to him, and his wife's sleeping on the ground. 
Have you seen that? No. This kid's like so smug, and the Lego, like the seven foot long one, yeah. Supercharged Destroyer, is in her spot in the bed, and she's like this. <sighs> just like looking up him all angry. Um, but yeah, I was wondering what uh, what her response was. She was she was obviously, I think my excitement communicated to her. I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Right, know? right, so, of course. You know, the whole episode. But even when, uh, I mean, she has never been invested in Star Wars, so, you know, by the point where... Obi-Wan's fighting, you know, Reva and all the stormtroopers, and he, like, throws her back with a force. Mm. She was, like, into it. She's like, oh, my God, she you just pushed her back so hard, you know? She's, like, invested <laughs> in it with me, so that was uh, really exciting for me. Okay, so my first standout moment is the flashback. Right. Do you have one? The, the episode is the standout moment, honestly. The whole thing? Yeah. It's okay. Just, it's, I've, I wanted more. I always want more. Um, the duel between Darth Vader, if we can call it a duel between Darth Vader and third sister, where he's he's toying with her. I mean, this was, you know, Luke and Kylo right here. He's just, yeah. he's completely in control. Doesn't even use his own lightsaber the entire time. He's literally just punking her. Mm -hmm. Freaking love to see it. The ease with which he grabbed that shuttle out of the air and then just ripped the freaking wall so out of it. Whenever he comes around, the, okay, here's a little something that I was like, uh, whenever I was watching, Vader never, ever, ever, never, ever is he ever in a hurry to do anything. Like, even when in the Rogue One hallway scene, he's like, oh, guys, freaking guys, I'm going to kill these guys. <laughs> you know, um, a presence I've not felt since, and he hurries away. Uh -huh. uh, Lord Vader, the Emperor calls you. Take the take the ship out of Asteroid Field, and he hurries away. Yeah. Like, it's very rarely, it's there's two instances that I can think of that it's like, see ya, yeah. you know? And the moment that he's like, tell her stand down. Yeah. And they're like, Lord, and he's like, just. <laughs> he wants it so dude, bad. Dude, and he's man. walking and it's like. He's, it's man, a he's going, pace. dog. He is it's mall not, walking. It's like. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, you know, heavy breathing. <sighs> but dude, whenever, uh, literally, I'm watching it on the couch in the, in the break room over here. And it's freaking, uh, it's me. Let's see. There's uh, one, two, three, four, five. There's like six of us in there, mm -hmm. right? I'm I'm the diehard in the room, so I'm seeing everything. I'm like, yeah. oh my head's just, my head's just on a spinner. Yeah. Um, and it freaking like I felt like the Grinch. We just like, you know, just like freaking seeing everything. And then whenever he's walking and he comes through the door and the ship takes off. Before he even reaches up, I scream to Ron Coda, pull it out of the sky! <laughs> and he freaking goes, Soom! and I was like, yeah! yeah! I was just screaming, And it dude. wasn't like the the last, or the Rise of Skywalker where, you know, Ray's struggling and, you know, mm -hmm. it's still kind of pulling away from her. He was like, Mah! you know, yeah. just In the Rise out. of Skywalker, you can definitely see the strength and the power that Kylo has over mm -hmm. Ray. Like, they're, whenever he's pulling that, he's like, and he has more control, and it's only when Ray taps into the dark side mm -hmm. and like shoots it out of the air with the lightning that she overtakes it. Mm -hmm. And then when they're fighting on the ruins of the Death Star, Kylo's just like, da da, and just you know has mm -hmm. his way. This is Vader, like he's doing this, and then you see it do an extra like, zoom, like trying to pull mm -hmm. away, and he's like, Argh. yeah, and he's like, no need for these doors. <laughs> he just throws the whole freaking ship apart. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's another uh, time my wife she freaked out. She was like, oh, "I just ripping that thing apart," you know. And so, like, to see somebody who's like a new Star Wars fan, yeah. get excited about that, it makes me feel a little less ridiculous. That right. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you, know? you very rarely see that type of force manhandling. Oh yeah, you know, live action. So. And that's stuff we need more of. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It really shows you how freaking OP Scar Starkiller was in the video games. I know, right? Or he's a whole freaking Star Destroyer. Good God. That'd be sick. Um, okay, nice. so, uh, yeah, that's an amazing standout moment. I'm trying to think of anything else that was crazy. Okay, uh, here was something that was really cool was as the show goes on, mm -hmm. Obi-Wan's outfit is more and, more and more Jedi, less and less Heidi. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever we used to get action figures as a kid... All the characters, there was no soft goods. Everybody just had a rubber cape. Mm -hmm. So their arms were the color of the cape. Mm -hmm. And then you would the cape would just go over them. Yeah. And so every once in a while, you're feeling kind of risky with your action figures. So you take the cape off and you put it on someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's like Boba Fett has his regular Boba Fett arms and the Jedi cape. And Obi-Wan does that where he has like just the, just the coat but not the sleeves. And I was like, this looks kind of silly, but... 
my mind, my childhood mind is like, yeah, I would do that. Yeah. And he's just wearing it. Um, and just weird things like I can't, it's hard, like even with Skier being one of my favorite High Republic characters, it's hard for me to see the Trandoshans like with the path. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so these guys are, these guys are lying. <laughs> like these guys are definitely working for the bad guys. And I noticed a little tidbit that stood out to me is that the Trandoshans had three fingers in this one mm-hmm. versus the the stupid five from Book of Boba Fett. Um, <laughs> and then there's a crate where there's just lightsabers laying about willy-nilly. galore. Yeah. What's up with that? I and we, we kind of looked into it, and there's that I know yeah. of, there's none that are recognizable. I didn't recognize any, and I, I'm, I'm quite a nerd when it comes to the hilts. I want to know yeah. whose is whose. Um, and I wonder if it was, because it looked like maybe there's some sort of wall of fame here. It's my understanding that this is the outpost that everything runs through. So Yeah, it's kind of like if you can get to Jabim, you can get to a new life. Part of me wonders if... Like this is it was almost like an armory where it's like if a Jedi because there were Jedi oh, I see there too like things that maybe were recovered from the temple or I wonder if it's that 66. or I wonder if it's even the opposite of that where it's like okay you made it this far here's a new identity here's a new set of clothes we're gonna need your lightsaber like basically if you want to survive yeah leave all that crap here it I mean, could be either one yeah so I don't know it seemed a little bit um, I would say it was a memorial but it looked too ir- like irreverent. You know, it yeah, like, I don't think it was a memorial. I think it was just like, you know, like I think it was to another, show us that yeah, like, like another Jedi died in the line of duty. Go ahead and toss his lightsaber in the. Crate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of reminded me of the moment that uh, if you're a religious or a Bible reader or whatever, mm-hmm. there's the moment in the Old Testament where Elijah thinks he's alone, mm-hmm. and then he's shown that there's like so many others that are still faithful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it kind of is that moment where Obi Wan this whole time has felt like he's alone, mm-hmm. and he goes from. No one's coming, Leia. Yeah. To he looks and it's like, um, you know, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like the light will never die. And like, it's cool because like 30 seconds after the movie comes or the episode comes out, you can go online and someone's been like, like the cat on the keyboard, like typing out and transcribing all the Arabesh and um, like uh, from episode three on the on the wall it said for light and life which mm-hmm. is sick because it's a higher public reference yeah. um but then also in this one it was like the light will never die even in darkness there is light things yeah. like that so to me it was kind of like <clears throat> it's reminding him that like even though maybe the ways of the jedi aren't what they used to be mm-hmm. like the light never goes out yeah, I think like they can't snuff it out that the light fades but it never disappears or is never forgotten yeah something like that i thought that was really cool and that's pretty early on mm-hmm. um so the flashbacks obviously were huge um him finally trusting Haja after mm-hmm. not trusting him, not trusting anybody. I knew I, sh- I was an idiot. Yeah. The negotiating was huge. Um, I'm just kind of scrubbing through here to see it. Obviously, the 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 moment where I was proven uh, right, whatever he says, you're not serving him. Mm-hmm. You're hunting him. Yeah. I was like, freak yeah. I was so excited. Do you, you tell anybody in the room, you're like, I told him, I told him. I didn't say I told you, but yeah. I was like, I called it. Yeah. Um, I, I, so that I, was pretty cool. I accepted that if she were like one of those Padawans, she would have been right. on the prowl. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. One last big one before we move on to the moment that we'll probably talk about in the what's next. Um, <clears throat> the one big one to me also was the Grand Inquisitor's reappearance. Mm-hmm. Like, we obviously knew that he was around. And again, going back to that, like, not everything's going to be perfect, but just trust. Like, mm-hmm. don't judge the whole series and be like, are they trying to, kill, like, get rid of Rebels? Yeah. Like, to me, I was like, hang on. Like, like people were literally posting, like, I guess Rebels isn't canon now. And I was like, they literally have a show about Ahsoka <laughs> coming out with Grand Admiral Thrawn waiting in the wings to yeah. be the greatest villain we've ever seen on screen. Like... No, they didn't decanonize Rebels, yeah. you know? And it was funny because uh, Rupert Friend was on some late night talk show mm-hmm. and they were like, so you were stabbed in the stomach. And Rupert was like, one of my stomachs, <laughs> if you knew anything about Palins. <laughs> like, he's obviously alluding like he's going to be yeah. back, duh. Um, but it was cool to see him again. I wish we got more from him. Yeah. I feel like that's the end of his appearance in I the show. I don't care. Couldn't care less. Uh, about the Inquisitor? About him not getting like, a lot of screen time because it's like, oh, yeah, cool, he's still alive, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, I wanted Vader, the Grand Inquisitor. Oh, sure. means nothing to me. I, I wanted more Vader as well. I just really like the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, I think he's cool. It would have been... To, no obviously, like, Reva's, Reva's a decent character. I thought her acting 
the, um, to me, the best moments from Moses Ingram as Reva are the act to me actually the more difficult acting moments. And what I mean by that is, to me, it doesn't take a whole like. There's more people in the world who could do a good open fire. Like a lot of people can do that. There's not a lot of people that can have those quiet, uh, complenta- uh, contemplating moments. You know mm-hmm. where. And remember, I pointed this out when we were talking about episode, I guess it's uh, episode th- three, four, two. I don't remember. Anyways, the one where the fifth brother's like, you're going to get what's coming to you. And he walks off. Three. It's a three. And she goes, I hope so. She whispers, I, I hope I get what's coming to me. Yeah. And to me, I was like, well, she obviously isn't talking about a butt, you know, a butt whooping. I hope I get whooped. You know what I mean? She's talking about the revenge moment. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, maybe episode four. Send out it, the it probes, been, yeah. do it now. That would have been episode three. Because they send the probes out to... I think it was four. Because that was when the probes appeared wherever Kenobi was. Episode four is when they're going to rescue Leia. Three is when she's taken at the end of Obi-Wan and Vader's first duel. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. But yeah, that moment early on where the fifth was like, I will get what's coming to me. Mm-hmm. And so will you. Yeah. And she says, I hope so. That was the first moment that I was like, huh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, that moment was a great acting moment from Moses Ingram. That was, that gave depth to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment in episode four where she's trying to plead with Leia to give her some information before she's willing to just torture her. And she's like, look, I lost everything. And help me out. Like, mm-hmm. those, the, those softer moments... The moment talking to Obi-Wan at the gate, those were the strongest moments to me of her acting. You know what I mean? So I thought that would have been cool. Although, like I said, Reva's a cool character. Obviously, I know that maybe they didn't use the Grand Inquisitor because they know he can't be killed. Yeah. Up until Rebels. Um, New characters, nothing really here. It's just a a little bit more Ice Cube Jr. Yeah. we got some sick action from Ned B, the droid, where... Yeah, that was cool. He's a loader, so obviously, like, he probably has, like, pistons in his arms mm-hmm. to, like, you know, load. Yeah. And so there's a moment where he takes a stormtrooper and just shoves him up into the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, he does, like, a rock'em, sock'em punch. And the stormtrooper's like... Whoa, 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 I'm whoa, whoa, a little whoa. upset that we didn't get to ever see him use that hammer. The hammer! Because it was in the, it was in the trailer we talked but about But I do so think long. he... Uh, I did think it was a cool... I wanted the hammer. And I did a whole, like, what is this? You yeah. know, I did the whole thing. But I did like that he had... It looked like a B1 hmm. blaster. B1 battle droid blaster was the, the, the blaster that Ned was using. So I thought that was cool. A little, mm-hmm. another, you know, prequel shout out. Um, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to scrub through the video here to see if I can f- uh, see him holding the blaster. Now I can know for sure. Um, Tala's death was obviously really sad. Yeah, that was emotional. Uh, it was equally emotional for me that Ned was like standing over her, letting himself yeah. get blasted for her. Frick, real, I was almost, uh, I was almost more sad for yeah, that. Yeah, a real K two moment. That was a very K two moment. I agree. Yeah. Um, so what's ironically, next? it's kind of like opposite of K2. What do you mean? Because he like only leads with his actions, like K2 is very vocal, very, very, very vocal. Yeah, yeah. His, his whole persona is based on his quips, which I love. Very I high, yeah. I'm excited to get more K2. Mm-hmm. I hope he's in. I don't think he's he's supposed to last, not be yeah, in last Andor, I heard he wasn't gonna be, but I'll believe it when I don't see it. <laughs> if that makes sense, I think he's holding a. A B1 blaster. I could be wrong. It would have been cool if he was, though. Um, okay, so we're going into the finale. Mm-hmm. What's next? I think we're going to have like a pretty quick handoff of Leon Alderaan. Um, Lickety split. Yeah, and I think Obi-Wan already seems to know that Reva knows about Luke. I think it's going to be a very... Yeah, very he does speedy. have that moment towards the end where he's like, something's wrong. Yeah, he's very connected to the Force again. Like he's, Which I, is amazing. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he knows what's happening, but he doesn't mm-hmm. want to start a late. I think there's going to be a pretty quick handoff, and he goes to Tatooine and handles it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if the original ending for Episode 6 was that he has a you know confrontation with Reva and kills her. And if they wanted to open up season two, she would be like kind of the mainline villain hmm. that she survives, you know, episode six. And there's some sort of like Kenobi maybe has to quiet her. So there's a, maybe a pursuit like a reverse hunt. 
Huh. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, I think all signs point to Tatooine. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> when they were talking and hyping up Kenobi, when we first started talking about it, mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy, her words were, rematch of the century mm-hmm. between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a, the majority of fans want Mustafar round two. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily on Mustafar, but that level of equality of fighting, mm-hmm. which I think Obi-Wan is closer to right now. Mm-hmm. My question is, do you think when she said that, that it was rematch in the physical sense or just a meeting of the minds, mind games back and forth? The rematch is, you can beat me physically but my trust is in the force yeah. and I can beat you mentally, that type of thing. I, th- I think... Will we see Kenobi versus Vader in episode six? I don't know that we will because it looks like Kenobi, is, he's making a beeline for Tatooine mm-hmm. and all indications that we have from every Star Wars existence ever is Vader never has any indication that his kid's on Tatooine. No idea. Um, That's in the movies, for, the comics, yeah, everything. It's hard for me to imagine that he just goes there and like that's the end of that you yeah know, that ben's able to somehow hide out there for another 10 years mm-hmm. um so i think reba's the only person i can't imagine that he's gonna have to go to tatooine quiet it you know there'd be some other showdown with vader mm-hmm. i think maybe episode five of the revisitation of the relationship that obi-wan and anakin have playing into you know, the way that they fight each other through their understanding of each other. It seems like it's much more a chess game than it is a fight. I agree. I think there's going to be some disappointment from fans because we're not going to get Mustafar Battle mm-hmm. Part 2. And I get that that's one of the greatest duels ever. Mm-hmm. Probably the greatest lightsaber fight ever. If it happens, it happens. Let it by all means happen. I yeah. don't think that that's But I do going. think that the thought behind what she was saying is over the course of these six episodes, mm-hmm. specifically three through five... Mm-hmm. There's a moment of drastic transformation. Hmm. Vader clearly gets the better of him in three. They don't really cross paths in four. And in five, Obi-Wan's back at, you know, at mm-hmm. 85, 90% of who he was before. I'd and like he that. gets the better of, of I'd, I'd like, Vader and I'd his like people. to think that um, it's it's still been Kenobi versus Vader this whole time. Mm-hmm. Kenobi's main perception is, I have to do this because Vader. Ken- right. Vader's whole perception is, I'm going to allow all this to play out because Kenobi. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the that's the underlying. I mean, there's the Reva thing. There's the Inquisitor. You know, complex. There's um, Leia. Luke's are in danger, but really, what's playing out is Obi Wan running from and hiding things from Vader, and yeah. Vader relentlessly pursuing obi-wan that's right that's what's happening yeah i agree so real quick before i go to my mm-hmm. predict my wild predictions okay um did it break your heart a little bit that the first flashback you realized is anakin thinking about the old days as well um i don't know that it's like heartbreaking that it's like a fresh wound Mm-hmm. I think it's just always because I think that's always been played into, especially if you look at. Um, I think Lords of the Sith is canon, right? Yeah, that I think that's very heavily played into. That that's something that he's dealing with and getting over, and mm. you know something that's very present, and he's constantly living this life of duality of Anakin doesn't exist anymore, but then right. he still has to deal with this emotional you know, work that he's going through. Of, right. You know, this was, you know, the relationship that I had and it's gone and he betrayed me. And, you know, I think there's a lot going on there and there always has been. And mm-hmm. from what we can tell from episodes four through six, there always will have been through both their lives. Yeah. It's interesting to me. It did make me sad. And I do wonder, like, if there's not this big payoff for them having another confrontation. Mm-hmm. I do wonder to some extent if, like, the moment of, him just giving up Anakin is dead at this point. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that took place in three when he asked, who are you? And he said, I am what you made me. You mm-hmm. should have killed me when you had the chance. I wonder if there's not going to be something else. I do think there's a chance. So here's the other thing that's weird. I've heard rumor that part six is going to be an hour and a half. Yeah. And, and I've heard, so I've heard two rumors. I've heard a rumor that it's an hour and a half. I've also heard that part that the half, half an hour of that hour and a half so a third of it mm-hmm. is like a Q&A about the show about the making of the show all that 
either I would be way, disappointed if that's the case. I would like to see like an under the helmet sort of thing, like afterwards. But right, I, right, I don't right. want it right now. So, I agree. Even so, if we get an hour long episode, it's hard for me to picture. There's got to be something wild that happens. Yeah. It can't just be a showdown on Tatooine. So yeah, I, I well, wonder what that it, looks it, like. Maybe like the handoff isn't as quick or there's like another like miniature pursuit or there's some hostage situation mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, you get the boy if you bring Vader to me again sort of thing. Although I can't imagine she would be, you know, too eager for another showdown after getting manhandled. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's I mean, I think I can't imagine that a bulk of the next episode doesn't take place on Tatooine. I mean, it was almost blatantly stated that, you know, the, sh- the hunt now shifts to Luke. You know, right. that Reeve is aware of something that she shouldn't be once again. Um, I am still curious if she realizes that Leia is Anakin's kid or if she still thinks it's Bale's kid and there was some relationship between Kenobi and Bale. I think that... Um... I think that she's never going to go back to Vader. So even if she finds out who he is, it's not going to... She can't take that information anywhere because she already, Vader already knows who she is. Yeah. I wonder if we have like almost some miniature apprenticeship from Obi-Wan to Reva. You think so? Just, just bouncing some ideas around. I'm trying to look... Um, that, you know, she's obviously realized that she doesn't have a chance almost like a reverse soul of dark disciple mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know where she's like if i want to beat him you know i have to go to somebody better than me and i think in the in the toe-to-toe showdown she realized that kenobi has outclassed her yeah i do wonder um i'm, I'm trying to look up there's a moment where kenobi fights black Kersantan in the comics mm-hmm. but i can't remember how what time in the timeline that what what point in the timeline that is? Hmm. Um, okay, so here's here's uh, my wild prediction that I have no grounds for. I'm just spitballing. Okay, um, I think Reva's gonna make it to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I think what I would like. I'm gonna make a short about this probably tonight and put it out Sunday. And this will probably come out Monday, so I'll already put the short out. But my thought is. Back in the day, there was a comic stall, a comic line called Star Wars Visionaries, mm-hmm. and it's just like kind of what if type things. Um, and there's a story in there called Old Wounds, mm-hmm. and this is how they brought back Maul before Clone Wars brought back Maul, and it's the picture of him. His legs are very similar to the legs that the uh, that the Dathomirian witch. Which is given where he has the mm-hmm. big claws for Mother feet Towson. and stuff. Mother Towson gives him. But he's got these really crazy horns like when you find him, mm-hmm. you know, on whatever planet that is that Savage finds him. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he goes out there and we can't tell if he's looking for Obi-Wan or if he's just looking for revenge against the Chosen One. And there is a boy out there. Mm-hmm. Somehow he finds his way to the Lars homestead. And before Owen can stop him, he takes the gun from Owen and breaks it over his head and Obi-Wan is like in hiding in the sand and comes up and starts fighting him and beats him pretty easily, mm-hmm. right? And he has the lightsaber blade pretty – like the lightsaber's not on, but he has it like right here to his head like execution style. And he has a moment of pause where he's like the last time we fought like all this went to crap. Do I kill him? Do I show him mercy? What do I do? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. obviously a very conflicted individual similar to who we see – in the earlier stages of the Kenobi series. Mm-hmm. And then out of freaking nowhere, Owen with the broken gun just blows freaking Maul's head off. <laughs> Cause he's like, I'm not taking any chances. Yeah. It's an easy, this is a cut and dry decision for me. Obi-Wan. Are we, uh, are we going to, I think I remember hearing you say in passing something along the lines of you would love to see Owen. I would love to see Owen be the one that kills Reva. Yeah. And that's the send off of like, you get the freak out of here. Stop coming around. Every time you come around, there's a freaking issue. Yeah. He already had an issue with Reva. Now she's actually coming to the dadgum farm, and we can tell we've been crapping on Owen all these years, but it turns out he actually really loves Luke. Mm -hmm. And the butthole side of Owen that comes out in episode four is the fear and anxiety of, crap, I've been protecting this boy for 20 years, Mm -hmm. and now I can't. He's an adult. He's going to leave, and I can't protect him anymore. That's where that comes from. Yeah. 
Well, and I never thought that he was just like this overbearing, doesn't want the best for Luke. You know, I think it's very much a, he doesn't know any better because he's never seen the galaxy outside of this farm. And right. He knows he knows this farm. You know, he knows he can protect whoever. I can this keep farm. this safe. Yeah. And but I, yeah, I I want to see his control. I want to see Reva get killed by Owen. <clears throat> that would just be sick. That'd be wild. And you can't survive a shotgun blast to the side of the head. <laughs> Apparently, she's impervious to lightsaber wounds. Yeah. She I just, know the dark side is very powerful. She's got that God-shaped hole right here where the lightsaber goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's because she doesn't have a soul. Yeah, Blaze Pascal. That's really funny. Um, but, dude, episode five was epic. I really, I mean, if I was a show writer, I would not want the second to last episode to be better than the last episode. Yeah. So, Nobody wants the penultimate to be greater than the ultimate. So yeah. I, I imagine, I mean... There's probably something wild coming in episode six. My, what do you think? My standard for finales has been molded by uh, The Mandalorian season one and two. Dude. Book of Boba Fett. I, some people were disappointed. I enjoyed the finale. Oh my gosh. Again, people are disappointed and I'm like, okay, so you didn't want Boba Fett riding a Rancor <laughs> killing Cat Bane with a gaffy stick. I literally... I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> Oh, they're like, yeah, Book Boba Fett was trash. And I was like, but like he rode a rancor though. So is that the joke? Is that the joke? Like Tuscan fiends yeah, would get the most Tuscans ever. I would love to see the Tuscans kill Reva. That, that might be all right with me. Wouldn't that be sick? Yeah. What if she has like just a canteen of water and they're like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Maybe I finally get that little the plug eye I've been waiting on. Oh, that'd be cool. Dude, it would be sick if... What if she becomes plug eye? No, 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 no. It doesn't count. <laughs> it would be cool if, like, we didn't see it, but Obi-Wan had an allegiance or an alliance or, like, an understanding with the Tuscans. He seems to have something worked out by episode four. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, that'd be cool. So, anyways... We don't have to go on for forever, but episode five was fantastic. It. it was exciting to do an in-person talk again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, so you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said earlier, uh, you guys know that we have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that Definitely. stuff. Follow us. And if you're a fan of the show and you want to see this continue to grow and get bigger and things like that, um, please, please, please. Uh, send our YouTube to your Star Wars friends, Star Wars family, people that barely know about Star Wars, but they want to know a ton or they want to have uh, in-depth knowledge of things they have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, and let's get those watch hours up. There's four criteria. We've, we've met three of them, the um, but the watch hours are killing us. And it's not shorts. Yeah, It's the longer episodes. So even if you just have it playing and you know, in the background at work or whatever. Anyways, Even getting... if you just start playing the video in the background instead of just listening to the audio on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be yeah. Strange. That makes a big difference. So um, thank you guys. And uh, man, we literally have been thinking about like, what if this goes somewhere? You know, the yeah. dream for us is uh, to be able to do this, not obviously full time is like an amazing way out there dream, but... <laughs> I would feel like, wow, we really did it. If we were asked to go be a part of even a small Comic-Con, like even here in Houston or even freaking in Tulsa, like anywhere. If somebody random that listens to us and they, you know, they're in freaking Columbus, Ohio, but they're a big (laughs) fan and they're the head of their Comic-Con and they ask us to come to it. Just people, you know, I guess talking about feeling justification or vindication for putting all this work in. Yeah. It feels cool for, we've had a small channel for so long, and 4,000 is nothing to shake a stick at, but it's not 100,000. You know what I mean? It's still, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, it's still a smaller channel, even though I love that we're growing. Yeah. Um, But some of the comments that, like, bring a smile to my face are the the comments where people will say... um, Man, I don't know how I just found this channel. This is awesome. Right. Like those those comments really, really get me. Um, so I really enjoy that. So again, um, if we do finally get to full monetization and it's in YouTube's best interest to show us to more people because now they're making money as we're making money and things like that, um, that'd be an amazing thing. So Absolutely. if you're a listener, if you're a friend uh, of the podcast, 
please watch some of those longer episodes on YouTube to get those watch hours up. Yeah. And uh, we'd be grateful to you. And it'll help us Very be much. able to do more. So if you're a Definitely. fan and you, and you like what we do, we can do more of that um, as the years come and as we get those moments up. So Definitely. thank you very much. Uh, if you guys liked what we had to say or had thoughts that we didn't cover, you know, sound off in the comments. We're really good about replying to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, helping us grow on Apple Podcasts is leaving us a five-star review and then writing something in there. We'll read it on the air. Um, the most recent one is, like I said, uh, there's a podcast or a, a Twitter account called The Star Wars Skinny, and all they put was my shirt came off. Um, <laughs> so that was really cool. I do hope that now, here's one last prediction, and then we'll sign off. Now that he's found some peace within the Force, maybe he's in a mental state where he can hear from his old master. I think we get Qui-Gon episode six. That's what I've been saying the whole time since episode one. I was like, no way we get it before episode five, but probably episode six. I'd love to see it. I'd love, I loved it. I'd I love, love it as for well. half an hour to be him talking to old Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, maybe that's what, oh my gosh, that would take it to the next level. That might, I mean, if we get a great amount of action, yeah. even more character development somehow, and then we get into the cosmic force. Tell you what, even if we had like a sidebar where Quinlan now hears about Obi-Wan resurfacing, he uses his psychometry on all the sites to kind of hunt him down like he used to do for the Jedi. My God. Maybe helps him show down on Tatooine. Next uh, level. Yep. That'd be awesome. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Chistis Nancy podcast. This is Josiah Samuel. Samuel. Remember, the Force will be with you always. And the only family you have yet is me. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>